following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Carried fame 
Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, Marshall Tucker Band. That's from, what, 1977, 78, somewhere in there. I, I would believe 76. Yeah, somewhere in there. That, somewhere in that area. Yeah. When I was in college, I listened to them. Welcome. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Um, I want to start off by reading a psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Um, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I don't know. I'll just tell you about me. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, there are very many difficult things in life that you have to deal with from time to time. Um, I trust in God to lead me and guide me into the way that he wants me to go. And uh, I see things the way I see them based on my background based on how I was raised based on, uh, the formation of my own mental and, uh, philosophical views on life. And, uh, on this show, I will describe some of those things from time to time, but I realize I'm just one man. I'm just one person. And I don't, uh, I don't have the answers for everybody, but I do believe that my God has delivered me through many a difficult situation and will continue to do so. Uh, if you want to know more about Jesus Christ, call me sometime, 233-0400. That's, you know, I feel like my business is as much of a ministry as it is uh, a business that we're there to proclaim the gospel to other people and to talk about our relationship with God. Now, uh, we don't have a visitor this morning, so we are going to talk a little bit about uh, some current events going on. If you uh, have been asleep all week, then you wouldn't know that the uh, potential Democrat candidates for president had a 
two-night debate and talked a lot about what they believe, what they want, and uh, some of the things that they don't want. Well, of course, they're all united in their displeasure of Donald Trump, but that wasn't so much what they talked about as it was, you know, it it seemed to me that uh, they were trying to all out left wing each other, especially on the second night. Uh, This is from, uh, by Rod Dreher in the American conservative where he asked, uh, did you watch the second Democratic debate tonight? It was better than last night's. Here are the highlights, according to myself. Kamala Harris won it going away. She was sharp, aggressive, and took chances, tearing into Joe Biden and criticizing Barack Obama. She totally dominated the stage. Uh, Joe Biden choked. He looked old, unfocused, and unprepared. He was the night's big loser. Bernie Sanders also seriously underperformed. He had the old Sanders fire, but it's starting to sound randy. Pete Booty Guy did well. Pooty Judge, whatever it is his name. I, this guy's not going to get elected because nobody can pronounce his last name. Sorry. I don't care if he is the gay candidate, the most woke up, guy out there it ain't happening he, he's smart calm without being soporific he's probably not going to be the nominee but if warren or harris wins the nomination he's going to be their vice presidential pick now well, maybe so none of the other candidates on stage tonight are in the same league gillibrand is tracy flick without the charisma swalwell was a dweeb Hickenlooper and Bennett are wallpaper. Yang is a stunt candidate. And New Age authoress Marianne Williamson beamed in from the planet Zork to slap Donald Trump across the face with her space glove. And this is... uh... I'm sorry we haven't talked more tonight about how we're going to beat Donald Trump. I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. There you go. I will meet you on that field. All right. Yeah, baby. I I tell you, it's this. This is a this is the other major political party, and they're supposed to be serious. The Democrats have gone off the left wing deep end. They all favor decriminalizing being in this country illegally. They asked him if if you would favor taking away the legal uh, ramifications of illegally entering the country, and they all raised their hand. Now, just, just, just got to think about that for a minute. While you're thinking about it, we'll take a break and be back in just a minute. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. 
Election season. It's game time. Has begun. Defeat Trump. Winning again. Political football. On your election headquarters. 2020. And this season, we're ready. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. So we were talking just a minute ago about uh, the decriminalization of entering the country illegally. Well, what that amounts to, you got. I hope you did your homework and thought about it while we were doing the break. Of course, I wanted you to listen to the ad about Dupree Financial Group, so you would have had to quit thinking about it in order to listen to the ad about us being fiduciaries. But let's think about that word fiduciary. Um, the people who are to be elected to the highest office in the United States are indeed the fiduciaries for the citizens of the United States of America. And as fiduciaries, they are to put the interests of the people that they govern ahead of their own. So that means that uh, politics and your desire to uh, advance yourself has to take a back seat to what's best for the country. Well, what I see are a bunch of people trying to advance themselves to get this office. You know, Donald Trump, who's the current president, didn't need all this. He's a rich guy. How rich? We may never know. I don't completely believe his own 
luster about how much value what he's worth and that sort of thing but that aside let's assume that he's made enough money that he doesn't have to fool with things he stepped down from his place of his position of power and wealth to take this job as president of the United States and so many people hate him for it just think about that one for a minute and the you then you get an entire party built on the hatred or dev, devoted to the hatred of the current occupant in office believing that he's as Jimmy Carter said the other day and I can't believe that Jimmy Carter's still out there being interviewed John Meacham interviewed him he said he, he's an illegitimate president because the Russians got him elected well they just had a thing called the Mueller investigation which disproved that theory there's a whole lot of stuff going on about that right now and Attorney General William Barr is now beginning to prepare prosecutions for those who basically made up the Russian uh, the, the the hoax about uh, Russia being behind this kind of thing but let me go back to uh, this uh, not that they didn't try to interfere yes they did but the idea that the Trump campaign colluded with them is bogus then Mueller couldn't find it let's put it that way the Democrats have gone off the left wing deep end this is back to the uh, people running for office running for the highest office in the land after watching last night's debate as well as tonight's you would reasonably conclude that the democratic field cares far more about the well-being of illegal immigrants than actual americans think about that one for a minute they care more about people coming into the country illegally than they do about actual americans and tonight, or this was for the second night, Kamala Harris ripped Joe Biden up for having opposed school busing, one of the most unpopular policies of the 1970s. And Biden, Joe Biden, who really doesn't seem to have much going for him, didn't have a good comeback. Why didn't he tell her, you know, while you were in diapers, I was out there fighting for these things. I don't necessarily like what Joe Biden stands for, but he damn sure was around a lot longer than Kamala Harris for having opposed school busing. I mean, that to me is amazing. Uh, and, and I will 
say also that, that in this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden, um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a, a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. What does that have to do with busing? What does that have to do with busing? It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true. Number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out and I left a good law firm to become a public defender. When in fact, when in fact, when in fact my city was in flames because of the... the so I thought Biden tried to come back decently. We need to go to the break. Um, anyway, it's nuts because they're out there falling all over themselves to get left of each other. Stay with us. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. From iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts, Ridiculous History. We are Ridiculous History. Look, history is beautiful, at times it's brutal, and often it's very, very strange. And sometimes you gotta offset the brutality with ridiculousness, which is what we try to do with stories about, like, how a Dutch sea captain once made a rhinoceros the talk of Europe. And what's the deal with British lawyers and those weird wigs, which are called perukes, by the way? Get ready to experience Keeneland like never before. Introducing Railbird, August 10th and 11th in Lexington, Kentucky. See the Tours, Hosier, Tyler Childers, Brandy Carlisle, and over 30 acts on the grounds of Keeneland. Also featuring live off-track betting, curated bourbon, equine culture, and more. Tickets on sale now at railbirdfest.com. Railbird, August 10th and 11th, Lexington, Kentucky. Get in the action at railbirdfest.com. Don't fall for a threatening call that appears to be law enforcement. It's a scam. Better Business Bureau's president and CEO, Rihanna Smith-Hamblin, has more. Scam artists are calling local consumers using scare tactics to convince them that they have been linked to drug trafficking. The scammers threaten to freeze personal assets if personal information is not provided. Never give someone you don't know your personal information. Just hang up the phone. For more tips, go to BBB.org.
President Trump arriving at the Blue House in Seoul, South Korea. The official residence of South Korea's leader, the president making a stopover after the G20 summit in Osaka, Japan. He announced a productive sideline meeting with China's president. ABC's Karen Travers is traveling with the president. The presidents were looking to make a deal. Mr. Trump said the two sides declared a truce for now. We had a great meeting and we will be continuing to negotiate. President Trump also making news this morning on Twitter, announcing he would like to meet Kim Jong-un at the DMZ while visiting South Korea on Sunday. President Trump saying he would feel comfortable stepping over into North Korean territory if the meeting is worked out. The Supreme Court adding a high-stakes immigration case to its election year agenda. The justices will hear arguments on the so-called Dreamers case and whether President Trump can end the Obama-era program that shields young migrants brought here to the U.S. when they were minors, keeping them from deportation. Michelle Franz and ABC News. We've got a few scattered thunderstorms that are going to try to blow up on this Saturday afternoon and evening, especially outside of that. It is steamy temperatures on this final Saturday of June into the upper 80s to around 90. More of the same as we roll our way into Sunday and for Fourth of July week. Hey, it's more of the same. Steamy temperatures and scattered thunderstorms. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief. Mirages, Chris Bailey, on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the drive.ky.gov studios. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. Hey, hon, TV antenna's broken. We can't get our channel. The antenna is fine. Give me the remote. What? No. I need the remote to fix it. We need to rescan for local channels. Oh, you know everything, huh? Well, yes, I do. But you were right here with me when they aired the announcement about changes in the broadcast frequency. Really? Yeah. <laughs> here, it's easy to rescan. You do it. Okay. Instructions are at FCC.gov slash TV rescan or call 1-888-CALL-FCC. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-1509. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-1509. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509. 630-WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. 
Marshall Tucker there. John Short, how are you? I'm less of this. I had to. Is Marshall Tucker any kind of Tanya Tucker? No, Marshall Tucker is not the name of a person. Is a they? Uh, I don't know where they got that name. Uh, I don't know that it was the name of anybody in the band. Actually, it was uh, the name of a. Um, they got the name off a key to the warehouse they used to practice in, and they yeah. found out that Marshall Tucker was the blind uh, piano repair man. So yeah. that's how they ended up with the name Marshall Tucker. Yeah, I knew that it was something like that. I didn't watch any Democrat debate. It wasn't going to, but they should have had a debate in Athens, Kentucky. Athens? Okay, out, out there at the um, one of the one of the motels out there. Yep, or at the Athens baseball field. Okay, yeah, that'd probably that, be better. Well, that's not a bad idea. Uh, actually, John, that that idea may have some legs to it. Um, where do we go to try to select Athens for the next uh, presidential debate? I, I I think that's worth pursuing. I think so too. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think Trump should have his rally in Athens as well too. I think he ought to have it in Athens. Well, I think because of your power with the White House and uh, your inside uh, pull, mm-hmm. you could probably get him to have the uh, debate in Athens. Would be my thought. I mean, you know, seems mm-hmm. to me it only seems normal. John Short would. Uh, be able to pull in President Trump for that uh, for that job. Yeah, because I think I think I think that'd be great because because the debate never been here in Kentucky before, never has. Didn't they have one? Uh, they had a vice presidential debate down at Center College, didn't they? Yeah, but I tell you, yeah, for a vice president talking about for a presidential debate, like for but the big ones like Bush or Reagan or anybody like that, never been in Kentucky. This vice president was made in the center, I think, 2,000. All right. You had Lieberman, and I think you had that's right, you had some vice president under Bush. That could right. be true, right. All right, John. Um, Vanderbilt won the World Series. Yep. You glad that's to see? the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, they're in the, they're in the SEC. Yep. So... Okay, we got another one on the line here, so we got to jump. I'll talk to you later, John. Okie dokie. All right. Wayne, welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Good morning, Tom. I hope you're doing well. I just heard your uh, bumper music, uh, Marshall Tucker, bringing Uh you back from the last break, and I had a little trivia to throw in about that band. Uh, As far as I know, this information comes by way of the – illustrious Gary Burbank. Do you remember Gary Burbank? Yes. Yes. Um, I do I remember Gary. In, in, yeah, Louisville, Louisville, W-A-K-Y, back in the 60s. Wacky. I was growing up. Uh, he had a, he finished out his career at uh, WLW Cincinnati, and he had a weekly game show with the Goshorn Brothers, who, as far as I know, as I recall, according to Burbank, were uh, part and parcel of the Marshall Tucker band. And I don't know if uh, if you ever listened to Burbank on WLW, but that, that was a, quite an interesting little call-in where, where listeners would call in and challenge the Goshorn brothers to play any song they'd pull out of the air. And they amazingly got a lot of them right. 
So they would be in the studio with him? Yes. Really? Oh, it's wonderful. I don't know if, if that's recorded and available anywhere on the Internet, but it was just a wonderful, uh, wonderfully entertaining call-in show. Uh-huh. And Burbank, so I don't know who was the head uh, lead guy in the, in the Marshall Tucker Band, but it's my understanding that Goshorn Brothers were two of the principals in there uh, and quite a big percentage of the talent. Burbank eventually retired, gosh, six, six, seven years ago to right. fish in Florida. So, so a little trivia for you. So the, um, that's interesting. I, uh, I didn't, it says the Goshorn brothers are a, are a musical group. You're saying they were part of the Marshall Tucker band. That is my recollection okay. of what was made to be known um, during the time when they were performing once a week on the uh, call-in yeah. show for Gary Burbank. Yeah, right. that's what I recall. You know, it was a lot of beer and whiskey ago, yeah. and maybe my brain cells don't have it right, but I'm just, just relating some trivia that I believe to be true, but no, I never checked it out. I just I assume Gary Burbank, Gary Burbank wouldn't lie to us. This is some Goshorn Brothers I'm playing right now. Um, are they are they still in Cincinnati? I have no idea. Okay. Well, well you Burbank just retired. I uh, became a 100% WLAP listener. <laughs> but I listened. Burbank was on the afternoon drive time, three to six, until right. he retired. The Goshorn oh, Brothers. I learned something new. Well, I hope I'm right because uh, uh, the other six listeners this morning may be getting. We think we we think wrong. we have seven. We we think seven. we may have seven out there. Well, they're getting I, an earful. <laughs> I'm on my way to work. I got a All right. three hours. I'll in, let you so. go, buddy. Thank Good you so much. Take care. All right, Goshorn Brothers. This is this is new for me. Gosh, I better I better get back to the political stuff. Next thing you know, I'll be accused of being a music show. An open letter to patriotic billionaires. Raise our taxes, they plead, so why not start writing checks today? This is from the Wall Street Journal, the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, no less. 19 uber-wealthy Americans posted an open letter Monday calling on all candidates for president to support a moderate wealth tax. Signatories include the investor George Soros, Berkshire Hathaway scion Molly Munger. I guess that's Charlie Munger's daughter, maybe. Mickey Mouse heiress Abigail Disney, Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes, and a couple of Hyatt progeny from the Hyatt Hotel progeny from the Pritzker family. America has a moral, ethical, and economic responsibility to tax our wealth more, they say. Revenue squeezed from the top one-tenth of one percent could fund smart investments such as clean energy innovation, infrastructure modernization, uh, student loan debt relief, public health solutions. A wealth tax could safeguard democracy since countries with high economic inequality are likely to become plutocratic the letter brushes by the arguments against a wealth tax calling them mostly technical and offer often o overstated 
Would courts find it unconstitutional? How would assets like Picasso's be valued? Well, we'll clip off a little piece of the painting each year and give it to the feds until there's nothing left. Why has Europe largely abandoned this kind of taxation? Europe had it. Doesn't it diminish the incentive to save and invest? What's to keep a wealth tax from expanding like the income tax did to cover more and more Americans? Instead of seriously grappling with these objections, the letter tries to sweep authors along in sheer patriotic fervor. The rich, quote, should be proud to pay a little more, the authors say. Taking on the tax is the least we can do to strengthen the country we love. Well, what's stopping them? If billionaires see themselves as a threat to the stability and integrity of our republic, this is how crazy people have gotten. You know, the fact that you have this money makes you a threat to the republic. Good God. They could cease being billionaires any day. If retiring student debt is vital, they could put out a call to graduates and start paying off loans. If climate is a priority, they could fund a green Manhattan project. In other words, why not make it voluntary? Why not, if you feel that your wealth has made you a threat to democracy, instead of making it a piece of the government's uh, cudgel that they use to coerce people to do what they want, just do it voluntarily. Give give a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there, and pretty soon you won't be the the uh, person you're saying you are that could that could uh, disrupt and diminish uh, the country's ability to to really help all of its citizens. Maybe they're intent on routing their largesse through the government since it already does such a bang up job of setting priorities and spending. Again, though, why wait for legislation? They could start contributing more today. First, they could pledge to forego all tax write-offs, including on charitable donations and foundations. As a side benefit, this would save them money on accountants. Second, they could put their money where their convictions are, writing a big annual check, 3% of assets each year, to local, state, or federal government. And this is what Elizabeth Warren wants to do. She wants a wealth tax uh for amounts, I think, over $50 million. The Treasury accepts gifts to the United States at P.O. Box 1328, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Donations usually go to the general budget, but state policies differ, and maybe an exception could be made to let benevolent billionaires specify an earmark in the memo line. How about debt reduction? You could pay. You could go pay off some uh, treasury bonds. You know, one way to do it is to buy a bunch of treasury bonds and then never accept the money when uh, they come due. Just say, keep it. I'll buy the bonds, and uh, when interest and principal payments come due, I won't accept them. I'll let the government keep them. So... Uh, and here's some other things that could use bailouts. Uh, the New York City Housing Authority could use a bailout. In a recent New York uh, something or other upgrade, 
LEDs cost $1,900 per apartment. Since NYCHA has, New York City Housing Authority has 17,000 units, doing the whole works at that rate would cost just $330 million to switch them over to LEDs. Seems to me that would be logical. So if you're a billionaire or even just a multimillionaire, and you feel like you're not taxed enough, there is a place where you can send money to the United States to give, you know, it's a, it's a post office box in Parkersburg, West Virginia, but the United States will accept gifts of cash. You know, you could put a lot, you could do a lot of good by ponying up some of those billions that you would like to have taxed Go ahead and make make an example of yourself before it gets passed into law. Stay with us. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The news you want to know. Hey, guys, America does not want to witness a food fight. Pass the torch. I'm still holding on to that torch. Check in for the very latest. We're going to have a lot of fun running against that. With News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Well, I'm sitting down in the San Antonio Waiting on an 8 o'clock train My woman left me here last night Things ain't been quite the same I gotta get back to Dallas And tie up a few loose ends I'm gonna work a week, I'll make a hundred dollars Oh, and hit the road again So I don't want you to think That you the first one Leave me out here on my own Cause this ain't gonna be the first time This old cowboy spent the night long Back on the Tom DeVry Show. This, I'm gonna get over into uh, economics here for a little bit. Uh, Japan's bank's pinched by zero-yield experiment. This is from the Wall Street Journal uh, by Megumi Fujikawa, June 26th of uh, 
2019. Market demand for 10-year bonds has pushed yield well below the zero target, like squeezing water from a dry rag. The global trend towards lower interest rates is threatening one of the world's most unusual experiments in central banking. Nearly three years ago, the Bank of Japan said it would fix the yield of the 10-year Japanese government bond around zero. It was a rare move since central banks usually wield their power by controlling short-term interest rates. Now market demand for the 10-year bonds has pushed yields well below the zero target. Okay, now let me just explain what is going on there. In Japan, the 10-year U.S. Uh, sorry, the 10-year Jap Japanese government bond pays you less than zero. Think about it. You put your money into the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, the comparison for that in Japan, which is the 10-year Japanese government bond. So you're putting your money into your country's 10-year bond, and in 10 years you will have less money than you started with. Folks, that is deflation. And, uh, you know, I'm not even going to make a comment on whether it's good or bad. To me, it's just astounding. <clears throat> I've been in this business for 42 years. My dad was in it for 50. My granddad was in it for 50. Before that, his father was ran a general store before that uh they were immigrants from the united kingdom going back into france dupree french name never in any of that history did you have something like this did you have zero interest rates less than zero interest rates I don't understand it, but it's been this way for some time now. The central bank in Japan could try to get rates up by stopping its purchases of government bonds or even selling some of its nearly $5 trillion worth that they own, but that would amount to monetary tightening, opposite of what central banks try to do when concerns are rising over the economy. People familiar with the Bank of Japan's thinking say that officials weren't likely to sell government bonds, even if it meant letting yields slip below the target range. One person with knowledge of the BOJ strategy said uh, the bank needed to be ready to convene an emergency meeting to cut its rate targets in the event of a rapid fall. So basically you're at the point now, and it's going to happen, at some point in Japan, you will put money in the bank and you will pay them for you to hold, for, for them to hold your money. You'll pay them for them to hold your money. Now, the only way that would make sense would be if prices for daily items were constantly falling. Because money is purchasing power. 
one of the things I've said to people is the only reason why you should ever invest in anything is to increase over time the purchasing power of the money you put in there. That's the only reason to invest. There's no other reason, no other good reason. I mean, you could invest and say, well, you know, don't you agree? You don't have to have them headphones on to talk. Well, I, I got to make sure that I can hear myself. Oh, yeah. Make sure that I'm speaking loud enough. Yes, I I completely agree. I think it actually goes uh, kind of hand in hand with what you spoke on last break, too. Uh, the the last break where you, you buy the government bonds and say you just keep the money when it comes due. It's yeah. almost like you're, you're trusting the government to to bail out the economy. Is is what you're trusting there when you start talking about no. buying debt at at negative interest rates. You you're well. What you're doing though, you're trusting that the money is not going to be. There's not going to be inflation. Yeah. You're trusting that the purchasing because the only reason <clears throat> if you're investing is to maintain and over time hopefully increase the purchasing power of your money that's invested. So the only way investing in the Japanese bonds at zero or even less than zero interest rates is that you're going to believe that over time, there's going to be one or 2% a year deflation. Well, yeah, it, that's it, the only reason you're banking that prices of, of goods and services will drop faster than your what, money will, than your money will. It's, it's kind of a, a race to the bottom. It is. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, why do I think that's an, a noteworthy thing? Well, it's, it's something that's never happened in financial history. Never. This has never happened in financial history. You know, my grandfather, he wouldn't even be able to recognize the kind of uh, market that we're in nowadays. And if, if this deflation spreads to the United States to where we get to where we're constantly going through deflation and we're not hitting our inflation targets. How does, how does a financial advisor function in a country like Japan? How do you function in, in a, in a, in a market know. like that where you, you basically you're trying to tell your clients, well, my goal is to not lose money as fast as, yeah, <laughs> as fast as the stuff's going down in price. It's, it's, I guess there's a way if if you could eke out a two or three or four percent return <clears throat> over time. That's home and, run. And inflation's going down, or you're having deflation. You're you're ahead of the game. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP.